0: Merry Christmas everybody!
1: Merry Christmas!
0: I hope you're having a fantastic day. We are looking forward to a great morning worshiping the Lord with you. As you can see, we're doing things a little bit different this morning. Since it's Christmas morning, we wanted to have a little bit of a family feel today. And so we want to invite you to join us in that. Uh, We're not going to do a whole lot of standing up and sitting down. If you want to stand up and you feel so moved, please do so. But since we're seated, You can sit too if you'd like to. We're going to sing some of the songs and hear the stories of Christmas together today. And we're going to rejoice that Jesus has come. Amen? Amen. Let's rejoice together this morning. celebration of Christmas so far that you had a great time last night with Christmas Eve with your family and here at the service. We're so grateful for the family of God that we have. This morning I'm going to ask our ushers to come and we're going to get the preliminary stuff out of the way pretty quickly so that we can just worship Jesus and remember the good story of his birth. I want to thank you for your faithfulness to the family of God here at Bethany and, and we're so grateful that as a church we're not just a place to meet, but we're partners together in the good news of Jesus that we're celebrating this morning, that we together get to proclaim the light and life that is found only in Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for all of the ways that you help us to do that. One of those ways obviously is through your giving, whether it would be through tithes, offerings, missions, faith, promise. We're so grateful for how you give, and thank you for your generosity, especially at this time of the year. We're so blessed by that. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to continue to sing, and we're going to take up the offering as we do, and I want to pray not just for the offering, but let me just pray a prayer of blessing for you, if I can, on your family and on your life at Christmas time. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for the grace that you've shown us through your Son. Lord, we are overwhelmed sometimes with life, but we thank you so much that you've given us an even more awe inspiring story, an even more awe inspiring Savior, your Son jesus lord we thank you that at this time of year we get to celebrate his coming his birth and that he is like us that he understands us and lord we thank you that that allows us to draw near we pray that as we sing and celebrate this morning that you would let us do it with hearts that are hearts that are filled with genuine joy lord even if our hearts can't be light because of the things of christmas because of the trappings and the external stuff Lord, let our hearts be filled with joy even in the midst of sorrow because we know that you've given us the ultimate joy. Your son, he's the gift, and we love and thank you for that. It's in his name we pray and we believe. Amen.
2: And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. I've always admired these rather minor characters in the biblical narrative who, reminded hopeful, who remained hopeful during the period of time between the prophet Malachi and the coming of Jesus, also known as the 400 years of silence. Israel was still awaiting fulfillment of prophecy and the promise of God to send his king to save Israel from her enemies. By this time, Israel was under the oppression of Rome and the king was over them. King Herod was more of a Roman puppet than a man of God. Hope was not a natural response to these circumstances. Yet Simeon and Anna knew that God's word does not return void, and they eagerly awaited and expected its fulfillment. They chose to hope in the face of hopelessness. Perhaps it was because of this heart posture that God granted them to see the Messiah's arrival. Similar to the 400 years of silence, we are awaiting the return of the Messiah to fully establish his kingdom on earth. 2,000 years have passed since Jesus ascended to the throne of God. Evil has increased on the earth. Disease, corrupted leadership, and deception continue to multiply, yet the promise still stands. Jesus will return to judge the earth and redeem his people. We are given the choice to either allow the, the evil in our day to divert our attention away from the promise of his faithfulness or refuse to let the devil's works detract from what God has already done and promised to his children. Simeon and Anna stand as examples of a hope-filled church who eagerly await the return of her king. And ironically, it is this hope that propels our mission to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth so that he may return. This Christmas season... Let us be a people who hope in the face of hopelessness, because the one who has promised is faithful. And perhaps this hope will empower the mission of the church, so much so that we see the return of Jesus in our day. In the words of the Apostle John, we say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.
3: Shadows, up.
4: We're reading in Luke 1:26 verses 26 and 38. In the sixth month, Angel of the Great was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting that this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you are found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For for nothing will be impossible for God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
1: I'm going to be reading from Luke 2, 1 through 7. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
5: Him still the dear Christ enters in where meek souls will receive him still the dear Christ in. Jesus, can you make this season wonderful? Oh,
6: you're
5: wonderful. Almighty in a manger, told us he'd be no stranger to all our sorrows.
7: know the good news about this morning is since you're in church your mansion in heaven is a little bit bigger Amen. I mean, it's an, it's an apocryphal gospel so if you're at home you still have a chance because next sunday is the start of the year so be at church january 1st <laughs> but merry christmas glad to be with you and uh i'm going to talk about the shepherds with you this morning and so we read this and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the lord appeared to them And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Can you imagine being out in the fields, the dark of night, stillness and silence as one watches over their flocks, and then all of a sudden, a celestial being joins you, (laughs) out of nowhere, with the glory of the Lord shining around them. It's no surprise the first two words of this exchange are, Fear not. I think I would have enjoyed being that angel just brilliantly appearing out of nowhere, and then saying, fear not. Safe to say, the angel probably had the shepherd's full attention. And then he says, for behold, I bring you good news. And now church, forgive my snarky uh, New Yorker for coming out when I read this, but if you're an angel giving me a coronary in the middle of the night, it had better be good news. <laughs> As I shared last night, that word behold, it's meant to grab your attention, to make sure you grasp what's about to be said. And I love the progression that follows. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. At this point, if I'm the shepherd, I'm finally starting to be okay with the scare of a lifetime. Funny, though, how God works, isn't it? That description of good news, great joy for all people, it certainly seems important. And yet, God chose the lowly shepherds to announce it to. Not a politician, not a high-ranking official. No, a shepherd given a message for all people of good news and great joy. And in verse 11, we read this iconic verse, and just like verse 10 escalated, 11 does as well with the last seven words. It starts like this, for unto you was born this day in the city of David, with the last seven words, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. These are three titles that reveal the greatness of Mary's son, which is why this announcement is such a big deal. And again, it's incredibly symbolic that this grand message is being delivered to lowly shepherds who then bring it to others. Because the reality is that this word, the Logos, Jesus, would be for everyone. The Savior is here. Christ is is Greek, for the Hebrew Messiah, and then doubled down on with Lord, an announcement that probably wasn't fully understood by the shepherds, and yet what it meant was, this baby is the Lord God himself. And then, after a few more words... God probably scared the shepherds again when all of a sudden thousands of angels start singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This Savior, this Christ, this Lord who came flesh and blood to us in the form of a baby. He was and is perfect love. And what do we know of perfect love? Perfect love casts out Fear. Much like the shepherds were told to fear not, the reality of Jesus we celebrate on this day is that in his coming, in his sinless living, in his death and resurrection, the peace among those with whom he is pleased is that the perfect love of Jesus casts out fear. There is no reason to hold on to fear because Jesus, Emmanuel, is God with us. Jesus came to us. He is with us. He is for us, fear not.
8: going to be reading from Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, then opening their treasures they offered him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh and being warned in a dream not to return to herod to return to herod they departed to their own country by another way
5: kings of orient are. bearing gifts we traverse afar field and fountain moor and mountain following yonder star him again
0: Christmas everyone. We're glad you're here to celebrate with us today. We've heard that angels appeared to shepherds illuminating the dark sky with the glory of God and the message that Jesus had been born. And then the shepherds announced to whoever would listen, stars shone in the East and announced Christ's birth to the wise men who followed that star from a distant land to honor him, indicating that the birth of Jesus was not just for a few, but for the whole world. He is the light of the world. And while a lot of time has passed since then, many people still need to hear the good news about Jesus. But the Apostle Paul says this, "'How then will they hear, or how will they call on him in whom they have not believed?' And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And while God can certainly use angels and he has even used stars, his preferred method to tell people about the good news of the gospel of Jesus is that he has commissioned us, his people, his servants, And he has commissioned us to carry the good news about Jesus, much as the shepherds carried the good news and told others about what they experienced the night that Jesus was born. But there are still a lot of distractions, aren't there? There's the troubles and the pains of life that can easily discourage us. The darkness of the world can tempt us to lose hope. Even just the busyness of our lives can cause distraction and keep us from from really sharing the good news with others because we don't feel perhaps like it's really as bright as it should be in our own lives. Jesus said that his followers were to shine the light of the gospel on the world, but sometimes what we do when we have the light of the gospel is we cover it out of fear. We We allow ourselves to be Discouraged and, and grow distracted. But I'm glad that today you're here to celebrate Christmas with us because it gives us an opportunity to remember the reason that we celebrate the way that we do. And it gives us a, w- a way that we can be reminded that this celebration is not just about remembering, uh, it's not just about getting gifts, it's not even as much as we like to make it this, it's not even just about family. It's really about the light of the world. And I want to share something with you about that light this morning. Can you hold that for me? It goes like this. In the darkness of winter, we all celebrate a day that's intended our mood to elate, a festival of joy and light to break up the darkness of long winter's night lights suspended from houses and trees with brightly wrapped presents tucked underneath mean to remind us the reason we keep this glorious midwinter jubilee while flashes of brilliance there still remain the trappings of trendy seek to retrain the gaze of its celebrants and thereby restrain our jubilee for while merriment we all do still make the a devilish specter true joy seeks to take. This this spirit comes dressed as an angel of light, transfixing our eyes on wrapping paper bright. But beneath the paper, the presents, the bows, the rush and the deals, the decor and the clothes, beyond cheerful and airy melodies looms the portent of imminent shadow and gloom. And so we forget the reason we take time out to celebrate is not for celebration's sake, For tinsel and ornaments can never disguise the darkness that waits, the coming demise. Drunkenness, poverty, war and despair, shame, envy, slander, pride, sinister snare, fear, abuse, hatred, all hang in the air. And while songs plead for Christmas to be every day, we're lucky if it comes annually. So why do we celebrate all these small flames? Why do, we, why do we celebrate all these small bulbs? Why bother with all of the verses in trees? Why bother? Because small lights hint at the story of a much grander source of rapture and glory. From cover to cover, beginning to end, the sacred writ tells of a glorious trend. It starts in chaos, disorder, and gloom. Confusion, despair, uncertainty there loom. Then suddenly, a voice from out of the night Thunders results of a foreresolved resolved fight. For while through such dark mortal eye may not see, there is one who says, even dark is light to me. Then out of the darkness, gleaming and glorious, luminous, dazzling, blazing, victorious, at his word, creation ignites. The creator has spoken, let there be light. And the light God commanded continues to shine, not only in waves or just through space-time, it shines in the form of love, hope, and grace, the darkness of sin and despair to displace. For not once, but twice God spoke in the night, once in the beginning and then once mid-fight. In rocky terrain, on shepherds it shone through heavenly host who praises intoned. And then unto kings in faraway land, it appeared as a star guiding their band. And again, light was born in the midst of the dark. This time, as a babe in circumstance stark, given to world clouded with fright, this child grew to man who said, I am the light. And though to extinguish the light sought the gloom, the Father responded by raising from tomb. For though shade thick as hell should seek to extinguish, the light of the world was raised and distinguished and given a name to which all must submit. The light shines in the dark and the dark cannot overcome it. And at end of days when that plan is complete, a city will blaze with a, with, with a city will blaze with a light that is deplete of sun, moon and stars, which will be obsolete. for the lamp of that city will not be a star, but the glory of God will shine from her heart. So as I've said, from cover to cover, the story of light over dark is discovered. And now, in the midst of that story, we're found. And the glory of Christmas to us has been bound. For while present on earth, the Savior did say, You are the light of the world today. No one lights a lamp to hide. They lift it up. So it's raised, may guide. So now, look what's in your own two hands. Lift up your arms. Put your lamps on a stand. Yes, that's why we celebrate bulbs small as these, because they remind us that nothing can tame the glory of God revealed at Christ's birth, the peace and the hope, the love and the mirth. And so I say, don't lower your hands. Lamps on a stand, Christians, lamps on a stand. And with God in heaven, our lamps will recite that luminous statement. Let there be light. Amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to close with a song of praise and thanksgiving. If you need to, you can... You can, you know, not symbolically extinguish, but you can extinguish it literally so that we don't burn anything down or you don't burn your nose hairs or anything. And we're going to sing a song of praise. And I want you to stand and let's rejoice together in what God has done for us at Christmas in Jesus. And remember that something that he did 2,000 years ago is not yet done, but that it is still shining. His light still shines as we shine for him and the Holy Spirit shines through us. Praise God. His praise goes on. I want to just bless you this Christmas morning as we get ready to celebrate with our families. May God bless you with the light of life in His Son Jesus. May the Holy Spirit remind you of the new birth that you have because Christ was born, He died, and God raised Him from the dead. May you be saturated with hope that is deeper than what lies beneath the wrapping paper. And may you be filled with courage to keep the lamp of Christ on a stand in your life. Merry Christmas, Bethany family. We love you and we hope you have a great day celebrating Jesus. Amen.